The Tigers drop a game to the Toronto Blue Jays. We have another round of cuts to go over. That'll be a big thing. And then we're going to preview Jake Rogers all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. All righty. So we have some uh, stuff to talk about. Clearly, we have a spring training game to go over, a 5 nothing loss to the Toronto Blue Jays then we have another pretty big not big in the sense of like the number but pretty big as as far as the impact uh, of roster cuts another round of roster cuts probably the biggest story of Monday morning Uh, and then we're going to end the show with talking about Jake Rogers okay cool sounds good so let's start with this ball game five nothing loss to the Toronto Blue Jays you know it's it's interesting because yes five nothing loss doesn't look great whatever I don't really care I've said this a million times I don't really want to keep repeating myself but uh, I I don't really care about losses in like wins losses record whatever in spring training doesn't really mean much to me the last three innings of this game were played by single a players like I'm not going to hold too much outside of on the pitcher's mound which we'll talk about Um, but offensively like so uh, but there is still obviously a lot of individual performances here and so that's what we are going to shut out it's been a while since we've scored a run everybody's gonna freak out and be like oh look like it's happening again like <laughs> i don't think it's that it's that black and white like i you know jace young who's gonna start off the season in like high single a and and a couple of other dudes that are gonna start out even lower took at bats in the, the eighth and ninth inning in, in, in today's ball game. Like I, I wouldn't really just run around being like, Oh, look, we got shut out again. We did that a lot last year. Look, it's going to happen again. Like, like it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Um, let's talk about some observations though. Matt Veerling, I think back. great to see Matt Veerling back. He went over two today, but he did put up, uh, he, he was putting up great numbers in the spring before he got hurt. Uh, and he made a really nice play in left field. There was a ball that was hit to the warning track. I think it was Vlad Jr. Just like crushed a baseball. And I don't know how it even died on the warning track, but it didn't find its way out of the park. And Matt Veerling was able to run it down. And, and it looks really good out there. I can't wait to see him roam Comerica's outfield and just wreak havoc kind of on the base paths. But I was really excited to see him back in the lineup just because we, it was kind of vague, like what his injury situation was. Uh, not that they, they they were very clear about what it was, but they were not very clear on the uh, timetable, right? Like we were told soon, and we were like, "How? When is soon?" That seems like a ridiculous thing to say in like a professional sense. Uh, but to see him back until opening day, already getting abs again. Great sign. So really excited about uh, Matt Veerling. I know obviously part of the uh, Gregory Soto trade, and I know a lot of people are really pumped about the what he can kind of accomplish this season as well. So we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's back. Just healthy, thumbs up, good start. 
Riley Green in this game had a couple of really nice hits. You know, we haven't really talked too terribly much about Riley Green just because I feel like everybody's pretty much aware of the fact that he's really good and this season is promising. It's looking very promising. And uh, in the spring, the biggest thing has just been like, is he lifting the ball more? Yes. Okay. It goes by. I get more and more excited about what Riley Green can accomplish this year. We don't talk about him on like a game-to-game basis because we're all kind of understanding that Riley Green's the dog and like he's going he's gonna to be all right. So pumped to see him this year, though, for sure. Spencer Torgelson has been one of the bigger storylines of the spring. We talk about him almost every day. Two more hard-hit balls. I uh, had an opposite field single in this one, 103 miles an hour, whatever. I don't want the torque conversation to just be like, let's just talk about his exit velocity anytime we say his name. But uh, I think it's really important in his case just because water is finally finding its level, right? Like it was really, really bad luck. And now he's like hitting over 400 in his last 20 plate appearances. And, it, you know, it's kind of averaging out to a really solid spring now. So uh, I'm I'm happy that he's hitting the ball really hard. Obviously, two weeks from now, is it going to be a completely different ball game? No pun intended than uh, what he's kind of been been thrown in the spring. But uh, very, very excited about what Tor can do and I'm really pumped to just I, I can't wait for opening day I really can't let's talk uh fourth outfielder okay so Kerry Carpenter and Akil Badu has been the big story in this show and just kind of across uh the fan base I think most people are aware and again I don't want to make it a true, true like head-to-head like there is a reality in, in which both, both make the roster I don't think it's completely impossible, but I do think that it's very unlikely. In this one, Kerry Carpenter doesn't get a hit or anything, but does draw a walk. So that's kind of and like I don't want to be the person that is is putting the weight of the world into every single spring training at bat. But like we're really at crunch time here, right? We got a week of spring training games left. We got a week and a half until opening day, and there's still a lot of decisions that need to be made even after the roster cuts today. And that is definitely one of them. Fourth outfielder is a huge one. Kerry Carpenter leads in slugging percentage, which he's always going to when you like head-to-head compare him to Akil Badu. Uh, but Badu is a better defender and is going to be much more effective on on the base path. So we'll, we'll see. We've talked about it a lot. We don't have to go, you know, talk five, ten minutes about it because we've just discussed it so much this spring already. But – that continues to be like every day it'll changes a little, little bit in one direction or the other. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, what else? Let's talk scope and Austin Meadows. Uh, both of them continue to struggle in the spring. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I, we don't need to have the scope conversation really for the millionth time. Cause we already had that last week as well. Um, and, I, and I think everybody's pretty well aware that he's on pretty thin ice when it comes to his status on this team, and he's not going to be able to hit the way he's hit the last calendar year now across every league he's played in uh, for more than a lot of a job here. So uh, I, we, we don't need to, to really go down that rabbit hole too much. As far as Austin Meadows goes, he did have a hit in this one, but it was it should not. It was a really – Pop and rare to say about. Um, yeah, should probably 
he did have a hard hit and was like almost to the warning deep into out of his today. But uh, just it's it's frustrating because we all know the type of hitter that's in there, and uh, we we just haven't really seen it yet in the spring. I, I it's really just like elevating the baseball, elevating the baseball, get onto the ball. So the fact that he had kind of like a pop out and then had the the hard hit fly out today, I guess. If you want like super, super glass half, full. Uh, but I know you want the, the super glass half full situation here and for more of a reality check and uh, I, he'll, he'll make the team. He'll be the opening day starter. Like it's not anything ridiculous or crazy like that. Like he's just not going to be here, but um, I, you know, you, I, I still think he's going to figure it out. I really do. Like we, we've seen Austin Meadows produce at the major league level at a high enough major league level too much for too big of a sample size for me to just be like oh yeah all that just went away one season I, I I still think it's it's in there I think he's utilizing spring as he needs to as having like barely played in the last calendar year getting the timing back down and I think when it clicks we'll finally get that back but uh, definitely a frustrating spring for both of those uh, men so far scope and meadows let's talk Jake Rogers little bit right now and then we're going to end the show with jake rogers as well i'm going to tell y'all about our friend over at linkedin you guessed it these days every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and it's you want to talk to faster. Post your job for completely free at LinkedIn.com slash MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry, the sun is such a thing. I'm just trying to like, if I just do like this whole show, just like this with my hand out. Um, okay, let's talk Jake Rogers a little bit. Again, I just something I noticed in this game specifically, and then we'll get to his player preview at the end of the show. At the late, had a couple of at-bats that counts, but really the biggest thing was just defensively in this game. It was so noticeable how... He, like, I don't want to get super dramatic or, like, be the the hot take, like, just trying to find a clickbait kind of phrase. But there's a legitimate argument that he's, like, the best receiving catcher this team has had in the last five years, seven years. Does anyone want to say decade? Like, I, I mean, legitimately. Like, it, it is so just so much better at receiving baseball than anyone else on this roster behind the plate and anyone else on any roster for the last several years for the Detroit Tigers. And it's just so nice to see. It's such a nice change of pace uh, that they found someone that that is, I guess, found, you know, traded for him six years ago now, but um, that, that is so sound behind the plate. He's got a great arm as well, obviously. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and and he's had a really, really good spring. And I'm super excited just to see not only how he performs in the regular season, but 
also, I guess, again, talk about it a little later, but really just how much he plays behind the plate in general. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he led the team at the, after game 162 in games played as a catcher. It wouldn't shock me. And they just found another creative way to get Eric Haas involved because they want both of them in the lineup. Start. Lorenzen was scratched due to groin tight. He's being evaluated still. Um, and we'll see what happens. We will, I will obviously relay updates to you as I get them. You might already know them, I guess, by the time you're listening to this, if they come out on Monday night. But um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Like, I, I would really like to not start the season with, with uh, one of our new free agent pitchers hurt like we have for the last row, it feels like. But um, it didn't sound like anyone was too, like, freaking out about it or was too nervous about it, but definitely something to keep an eye on. So it turned into a bullpen day. Uh, Trey Winginter threw one inning with two strikeouts. He started the game, started, quote, you know, through one inning, but he was the starter. Uh, very, very solid. And then Chasen Shreve, one inning, two strikeouts as well. Neither of them gave up a run. I think at this point, I know last Thursday, I had Shreve in the bullpen and Winginter not in the bullpen, but I also had Bo Brisk and Garrett Hill both making it. Um, I think if the season starts today, I think Winter and Shreve probably both make the roster. And I think that that's because only one of the group of four that we always talk about, Hill, Brisky, Fieto, Wentz, would then make the roster subsequently. Right. And I had two. And that's why I didn't have Trey in there. But I spring Shreve has had a fantastic spring. Trey's stuff is nasty. Like that's a dude that like fastballs topping out at 95, 96 mile an hour. A really solid slider that looked fantastic today. Shreve, we talk about a lot. His secondary stuff is really, really solid, even though he might not have the velocity uh, that some other relievers do. So I really like both these dudes. I think that even if one one of the two of them is Garrett, I can promise you. And I think Shreve is like close to a lock at this point. Like truly, he's just been that good. Um, and, and as far as Trey goes, you know, I, I think, again, I'm leaning toward him. You know, Thursday was like five days ago. I'm allowed to change my, my answer from then uh, as I just will be a co- consistent conversation throughout the next week and a half. And, and I, I really do think that both of these dudes are on an inside track to make the roster. But it's going to be at the expense of either Bo Brisky or Garrett Hill. Now, Faeda was optioned. We'll talk about that in a second. He was optioned on AAA today. And Joey Wentz, I think, assuming Matt Manning gets the fifth rotation spot, they're going to put Wentz and develop him as a starter, which means he's going to start off the season in Toledo. And just like Brisky hasn't been good lately, and Garrett Hill, for whatever it's worth. Let's talk about Garrett Hill. This was his sixth outing of the spring. His first four, he gave up one run total. His last two, he's given up nine. Okay? Nine runs in his last two outings. The velocity uptick remains a big positive for Garrett Hill, but that's two bad outings in a row with a lot of hard contact given up. It's something to keep an eye out for in this very crucial time. In spring, like this is the most inside track 
on some of these decisions and just really ill timing, like not great timing for him to kind of start blowing up. But uh, we'll end on a positive here before we get into the uh, the roster cuts. Mason Engler continues to show out and have a great spring. Three innings, zero hits, zero walks, three strikeouts. Had a CSW percentage of almost 50%. If you followed and watched this show last year, we know we love our CSW percentage. That's called strikes plus whiffs. So it's all the pitches he threw, what percentage of them were either called strikes or swinging strikes, just non-foul ball strikes. And it was it was like 46% or something ridiculous across three innings. That's a pretty darn good sample size. Uh, I, I mean, no hits, no runs, just fantastic. The slider looked absolutely lethal. Uh, he had incredible command. Today. That was really the biggest thing. Velocity is never going to blow you away, uh, but in this outing, and he close to a lock, if not a lock at this point, especially like rule five status and all that. I would be shocked if Mason Engler wasn't on the roster. He's going to be on the roster. Okay. Uh, and, and he's going to be a pretty exciting reliever. I think for this team, this might be a really good Scott Harris find in the rule five to kick off uh, his tenure here. So I, that's pretty much it for this game. Like the bullpen situation just continues to be so fluid and, and we're just trying to figure out who is going to, to the puzzle there, there's so many puzzle pieces in this bullpen right now and we're all just trying to find out how they kind of mix and match and to help kind of thin it out a little bit and get rid of some of those pieces the Tigers did make some roster moves on Monday Max Fiedo and Edwin Uceda have been optioned to AAA Toledo and then Kevin Castro Miguel Diaz Miguel Del Pozo Davis and Jermaine Palacios were all moved from major league to minor league camp. Those guys are at MLB camp at the Tigers major league level spring training. Uh, so that gives you, uh, you know, just barely over the 40 man roster there. So uh, that gives you what 15 players they still got to make a decision on, or they still got to cut rather uh, from the major league roster before opening day uh, a week from Thursday. So, Still some decisions to be made, but we're thinning, out, thinning, thinning it out a little bit. Goodness. Um, Alex Fiedo, you know, as far as he goes, this was, was fairly obvious. I don't think anyone really thought that he was going to make the team. He's going to be, I think, just developed as a reliever from this point on. And he's still got some mechanical stuff he's trying to work out. Uh, they already have talked about, like, adjustments that he has made so far in spring. Man, the sun is brutal. Uh, in, in spring so far. And he's going to go down AAA and try to work in the Tigers' bullpen at some point this season. It's just not going to be to start off the year. And when you see that, it wouldn't surprise me if he pitched at the major league level either. He's got some gas in the tank there. Uh, Miguel Diaz is the one for me that kind of – I don't want to say shocker because, like, I, I didn't even have him on my, like, projection of making the team on opening day. But uh, somewhat surprising that this early – you know, there's a couple of dudes that I think – I have him if I was to rank everyone uh major league camp I think I would have uh Miguel Diaz over a couple of them he's had a fantastic spring and Del Pozo's had a good spring too for whatever it's worth both have zero ERA so um but Miguel Diaz really really good I still expect him to play a lot at the major league level this year and come out of the Tigers pen this season um but he will start off the season in AAA Toledo so there you go thing it out like I said 15 
15 cuts still to be made until we have our opening day roster. Uh, you're going to see a lot throughout the week. And then probably like right after spring training games end, the last two or three or four are going to happen. And it's going to be big news. And talk about the opening day roster. I'm so excited for opening day. Okay, let's talk Jake Rogers. Okay, let's do that. Right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Built Bar, it is March. That means it is Built March Madness time. The Built March bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built account, so go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the Churro. If you listen to Lockdown Red Wings, you're very aware of my, my fascination and passion for the Churro-flavored Built Bar. Um, And if you want Churro to win, then you need to go vote for that bar too. If you want a a different bar, if you want one of the coconuts to win, whatever your favorite built is, go. They do this every March for real, and it's it's so fun just to see like how they vote, and people get super passionate (laughs) about their favorite flavors. It really is a fun time. Uh, And when you vote, you will put your name into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs to their door. You've got to try Built. It's the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're amazing. They're good for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are the best. We've been talking about them for years. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Let's talk Jake Rogers. Okay, let's just get right into it. Obviously, he is a training player in, well, that's not technically true. In most people's minds, he's the last po- He's the last remaining player from the Justin Verlander trade. There's still, I guess, an outside chance that Franklin Perez can uh, make some adjustments and turn it around. But, uh, you, you know, people always look back at that trade and, like, Daz Cameron's gone and Franklin Perez, we can call it, was it what it is, probably will never pitch a Major League Baseball game for the Detroit Tigers, at least. Um, and Jake Rogers was like the one thing that people were holding on to, you know, the last couple of years. And they were like, okay, the other two, maybe, maybe not. But like Jake Rogers is going to be really good behind the plate. He's going to be valuable. He's going to be a part of this team. And then Tommy John surgery, because why not? So it's been a long road back for Rogers. And I think we are finally going to see a full, of what Jake Rogers can bring to a really exciting because he is so good defensively. And in 2021, before he went down and hurt and, you know, getting called up and down, and I'm so excited. And earlier in the spring, some people, uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's a, there's a Twitter meme where somebody like, I like, you know, bacon and somebody else is like, Oh, does that mean you hate pancakes? That's ridiculous. And it's like, no, that's not at all. what I said, I, I made a comment where I, I talked about how much I liked Donnie Sands and I still really do. And how I think that, that Sands was kind of, kind of put pressure on the catcher situation. And there might even be a route to where all three of them could make the opening day roster if Sands hit well, 
That doesn't mean that I don't like ever stopped being fascinated with Jake Rogers. I love all catchers. I support catchers through and through, no matter what. It's my favorite position in sports. Okay. That's what I played. You're never going to find me hating on a catcher period, no matter how good or bad they are. So uh, that that was just never the case, and that I'm glad I finally get to articulate that now. I, I haven't really had time to bring that back up since you know before spring training started. But like I I I think Jake Rogers can be so valuable, and it really is going to come down to how good he can be in the plate, right? How good is he going to be in the batter's box? Because we know what he brings defensively, and we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show already. He's night and day. How better we don't have to like be around how much B is behind the dish and receiving games and even just like calling games than so many catchers we've had over the last five, six, seven, eight years. So I'm very, very excited. Now let's talk about the numbers so far in his career. When looking at 2021, again, it was a really, really solid campaign before the injury. Uh, he was a one-win player, according to fan graphs, in just 38 games. That's a very, very solid clip. Uh, he had a 239 average, but with a 306 OBP and almost a 500 slug, his OPS was over 800, just a hair 802 on the season. Had an 8.7% walk rate, did have a 36.2% K rate, which is very, very high, uh, and was a plus defender behind the dish. So, Really, really solid stuff. Now, the flip side of the coin is in 35 games in 2019, he was dreadful at the plate. Almost struck out at a 40% clip, a 125 average, uh, like no power really whatsoever. A really, really bruised first in, in 2019 at the plate. Weird year, whatever. 2021 happens. And he has a little, you know, again, almost a 500 slug, only six homers, but a lot more extra base hits. And that walk rate has been solid his entire professional career, which is one of the reasons why I think he still fits into the new regime's plans so well. If you just look at the walk rate at any level, 12 and a half, 9.8, 7, 7.8, 12, 12 and a half, 10, 18. In double A in 19, triple A in 2019, 10.2% in 2019 in the majors, even with a 125 batting average. Um, and, and then the 8.7% in 2021. Like he is going to walk a lot, which is great. He's going to go deep into counts and he's going to run into some homers. And if we can get, you know, I'm not asking for a 500 slug over a full season. But if we can get around that 9% walk rate with a 240-ish batting average, just like he did in 2021, and a slug that's over, you know, 415, 420, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled. Like, he's going to be a, a, a valuable player. Like, he's going to be worth a couple wins uh, as far as war goes. And I am so glad that we're just finally going to see a full season of him. Um Defensively as well. Now, again, this is 38 games against left, 736 OPS against right-handed hitting in 2021. Okay, now 736 against righties isn't bad, especially from your catcher. That's like not terrible at all. I'll, I'll gladly take that, especially when it's paired with crushing lefties. So we'll see how that translates into this season and if that's still going to be a thing. 
Uh, defensively, we've already talked about a lot. I think the the biggest thing as well defensively is going to be. I think there's still some question marks about his arm coming. You know, coming off Tommy John, like that's a very legitimate and and, and uh, justified question. I feel like, but when looking at pre TJ Jake Rogers, just an absolute cannon in 2019 had a 39% caught stealing percentage on 18 runners against uh, in just 34 games. That's kind of a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, And the league caught stealing percentage that year was 27%. So 12% better than league average in 2019. For whatever reason, everyone thought steal on him had uh, 14 base runners against him caught 57%. That is 34% better than league average was just gunning down everybody on the base paths. So I'm very, very excited. Yes, which I've said a million times. I'm sorry, but I am, I'm very intrigued with how the arm is going to look. And we've already seen it in the spring, right? It's not going to be like the first time we've seen it and he's looks good. And he's thrown out a couple of runners in spring training and that's awesome. But regular season is a whole different ball game. And especially to come back, from Tommy John this season specifically when there's going to be so many more stolen bases than we are used to and then we have seen in years past it's just it's really going to highlight is the arm 100% back or not and that's kind of the biggest thing on the defensive side of the ball that I'm looking at offensively I'm just kind of going at it clear eyes full heart can't lose no I'm kind of just looking at it with a completely blank slate like we've seen one thirty-five game stretch that was awful. We've seen one thirty-five game stretch that was great. Let's see what he gives us this season in the spring. He's obviously crushed the baseball, and that's a great, great sign. Um, so yeah, really, just uh, how we is he going to look at the plate, um, and is the offense going to carry? If the offense does carry over, rather, let's just say that that close enough to twenty twenty-one offensive production is what he does this year. Okay. I think there is a very real for no matter how good Eric Haas looks at the plate, there's an argument for Jake Rogers starting more games at catcher than anybody else. And it wouldn't shock me at all. I wouldn't be against it at all if he's hitting. And I think that that more than anything is why you hear the broadcast and you hear AJ Hinch and everybody really talk about Eric Haas's versatility. And like, oh, we're going to, you know, let's see if he can play left field and we're going to try him in the corner outfield and we're going to really kind of stretch that out and see if it's possible. And I think the reason why is because if Jake Rogers just dang near a three win player, I'm not trying to say that this is like guaranteed. I'm just saying if the defense is there, that's going to translate. If he hits as well, He's going to be very valuable, and I think that you want the better defensive catcher that can hit behind the plate more so than the worst defensive catcher that can hit. And if they can both hit, then Eric Haas is going to make you off days, which are going to be more than people. I think he's going to get more looks in left field than maybe people realize. I think they're going to try to mix and match it a lot. It would not shock me if by July we were with both those dudes in it at the same time. I don't wonder the other type of situation like a lot of people think.
So that's like my biggest thing to keep an eye on. Now, where's the truth lie? Usually it's somewhere in between. If the offense is solid, you know, good walk rate, maybe a, a mid 700s OPS, 740, 750 OPS, I still think we take that every day of the week. And he's still going to be a couple of win plays. He's still going to be very valuable and he's still going to get a lot of looks. Might even still get, you know, 80, 90 games behind the dish, right? Like he still might uh, kind of run away with the, with the job, even with those offensive numbers. The biggest thing is just, uh, again, we've seen really good. We've seen really bad so far in his two major league stints. Where is he going to fall this season? So biggest storyline for him at the plate. Okay, cool. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, I think that's everything. I felt a little scatterbrained in this one. I apologize if it came off that way. Um, almost done with spring. Almost done with spring, and then it's it's regular season baseball, baby. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I really think that, you know, there's so many people that are just like, oh, the Tigers are going to be so unbelievably awful, and, you know, a lot of, like, 28th, 29th on, uh, on like, power rankings lists and whatever. I just made my power rankings for uh, the Lockdown Network. Every host has to submit power rankings to start the season, and I just way overshot the Tigers because I felt like everyone else was going to put them low, and I wanted to drag them up a little bit with me. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see, but I, I think, I, I don't think like that mid seventies win total is like completely out of the question. And I know like, you know, we're however five, six years into a rebuild and we're talking about mid seventies win totals. But if that happens, I think next year is going to be a big year. And that will have mean that Scott Harris came in and turned this ship around quickly, which is exciting. I don't know. I'm pumped. Spring is when I'm allowed, I always allow myself every year in spring training to just be ridiculously optimistic, even though uh, this fan base and this organization, totally not the fan, the organization totally doesn't deserve our optimism, but I can't help myself, we're a week from opening day and I'm pumped. Okay, I think that's it, peace and love, going to therapy's dope, Uh, and I will catch y'all tomorrow, baby, we ball, go Tigers.